You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. A is in one hand and your team colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all-wheel drive. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Roots. past three. Welcome to the show on a windy Wednesday afternoon. Not a great day for hay fever sufferers. I feel your pain. Kimbo on the roots with you for the next two hours, God willing, uh, live from Studio Lumo SA. Thanks to Hyundai and Balfour's talking of the great man upstairs. You've been compared to him at times, Rooch. Howdy, people! Rooch, here he is. Rooch, here he is. Hey. Rooch. I just let that go through to keep it. Or maybe it was. I just let that one go through to Rod Marsh's gloves. uh, May the great man rest well. Yes, uh, thinking of you, Rodney. Uh, Or maybe you just had God syndrome. (laughs) I wouldn't go that far. A lot of people, when they get power, they go like that, Roach. No. Yeah, no, no, I think you did there for a while. You were untouchable at the Tizer. Oh, you think? (laughs) Yes. You think? No, I wouldn't go that far. Yeah, well, I would then. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm okay. standing by it. Right, yeah. I saw the way you operated. You were a machine. Good show coming up today. We're live and interactive, hopefully. Uh, 0427154166 if you want to send a text. Uh, yes, there's a text coming through. Now, we're fully aware with our radio and the 1629 signal, there is a problem with the transmitter. But we're live and crystal clear on the app. We appreciate your patience. And believe me, it's trying at this end as well. All righty. So you can get in touch with us still. one 736 736 if you want to have a chat. Good show coming up, though, Rooch. At 3.30. Yes. Craig Goodwin. Looking forward to chatting to well him. Well done, Craig. Adelaide United star and Socceroo star. Yes. And hasn't he timed his run beautifully? Because yep. he was in doubt. Oh, yeah, but he's played extremely well. So he's part of the 26 who will go to Qatar for the World Cup. It'll be a challenging adventure for and the I Socceroos. And I give credit to Adelaide United and Cal Veard as well because yep. they managed his minutes and they Absolutely. timed his run perfectly yep. and he's coming to peak fitness Scoring, now. Scoring, he's running well. Now, earlier today we had to do a pre-record with a gentleman called Steve Simons. He's the Collingwood AFLW coach. They'll be in town to take on the Adelaide Crows. That gets underway at 3.10 on Saturday at Unley Oval. Mm. I couldn't make the interview, Rooch. I had my stitches removed. How'd you go with the doc? Yeah, got the all clear with the uh, cancer. There was a little cancerous growth there, but I've got the all clear. So everyone, get a check-up if you can. We say it all the time. We're lazy. Men are lazy. Mm. I'm lazy. Um, Steve's an interesting... An interesting um, person in football whereby comes from the Air Peninsula, Kimber. Very uh, small place, Kimber. Oh, Kimber, yeah, on yeah. the West Coast. A yeah. lot of great players came Indeed. from there. Bobby Enright. Indeed. From Port and the late great and West Coast. Yeah. Yep. So his, um, what I love about Steve is his commitment down that path of women's football from the moment he went 
to Darwin and set up some programs there and then reaches Norwood, sets up the program there, goes to Collingwood, which was a big, big appointment for him. He's been truly committed to what the AFLW is all about. He's an interesting man for that. That's fear about just what women's football could be. Mm. So he's, he's doing good work there at Collingwood. He's got a big job this weekend. How'd the interview go, Rooch? Were you well. like, were you hard hitting or did you crack a few gags? No, no, we were straight down the line. I'm look, really? Oh, yeah. Come on. Oh, no, actually, he's got a great story to tell. Didn't did you poke or prod? Did you get any information? Oh, no, he was very willing to talk about what Collingwood learnt from the last time they played Adelaide. And it was a five point game at Vic Park. And you got to give him credit, as difficult as it was for him that day, they did try different things, Collingwood. Oh, yeah. And I think they've learnt a lot. So this is going to be a cracking semi final. Uh, it's no gimme, there's no question of that. Uh, you, know what, you know what is common with both teams, though? They're terrible in front of goal. This year, their record has mm. been terrible, Collingwood and Adelaide. So. Whoever makes the most of their chances only over on Saturday afternoon is clearly going to be in a better place considering their record during the home and away season. Sorry, Rooch, trying to adjust my mic here. Yep. Uh, lines here, we on we can elevate our, we like to stand up. Yes. Are we on 120 in terms of the height? Otherwise I've grown up. Oh, we weren't. I could oh, do it. Oh, there you go. We're being down my mic. Well, I thought I was having to lean into it, Rooch. Yeah. I thought I'd grown overnight. Uh, at 4.30, we'll be joined by Matt Rendell. Yep. Um, because we're in the silly season, any question you want to send, Matt, send it through. Send us a text. Uh, another text coming through. Look, we apologise. We're aware of what's happening. Um, I know if you're on the radio, you're not hearing anything. Get Jump onto the app and it'll be crystal clear. We appreciate your patience. All right, Roach, let's uh, jump into it and we'll go around the grounds. There's a few little things happening today. Mm. The Crows have done a little list update. Well, the big news we've been waiting for some time is what would happen with Paul Seedsman. We know he didn't play this year because of those concussion issues, but he's clearly going to stay in Adelaide's management theme. They've taken him off the primary list, hope to keep him as a rookie listed player, which is keeping the door open for them without having a huge cost on their you know, primary list. So it's, that's a good way to just keep it keep it alive. If he's going to come good, it's still there. But wouldn't he have a contract anyway? That he's got one year, but they yeah. can push it off to the rookie list so they can get them someone on the primary list. Uh, look, it's technical I'm, stuff. I know, I understand. Are you talking down to me? I know, no, it's just, it's <laughs> no, just technical management of list management. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I would have thought his salary is his salary. You would have hoped so, yeah. yeah. And if you've got a contract, say if he's on bear in 500 mind, for... Any, any injury payment goes outside the salary cap anyway. But what this does, it allows you to then put someone on the primary list and use that salary cap. I'm feeling really ignorant here. We'll ask Matt Rendell. Mm. So you're saying the salaries for rookie-listed players don't form part of your salary cap? Yeah, they're, part, they they're, part, of the, they're part of the soft cap, yeah. So what difference does it make then? Well, we'll ask Matt how, how you'd manage this. I reckon I caught you out then, Rooch. No, I'm just intrigued myself as yeah. to how the soft caps and salary caps have been working recently. It can be convoluted. Yeah. Uh, so can and, the... And there's no... There's no well, he, who knows if they've also changed his contract, bearing in mind that he hasn't been able to play for a year. Mm. And in a lot of these situations, to free up a list spot, mm. they often will say, well, even if he stays on as good as he was two years ago, yep. they might be better off negotiating to pay him out. Yeah, or whether they've sunk those payments all into last year's salary cap to free up this year's salary cap. There's all sorts of list management tricks you can do. The Crows chairman has yep. sent out. Well, do you want to do the rest of the Adelaide list changes? Oh, I thought you got no. through it. No, Sorry, we'll we got sidetracked. The headline one of that. Andrew McPherson also has been delisted, but he could be picked up as a rookie. 
and the key ones coming off the rookie list. We're not surprised that Kieran Strawn, after all his work as a Stanford Ruckman, mm. gets acknowledged in that way. And Jordan Butts, who's been on a rookie list while also establishing himself in the Adelaide defence, finally gets on the Establishing himself? Yeah. He's been the pillar well, of the defence the last I mean. two years. Yep. What was his manager thinking, giving him a contract that kept him on a rookie list for another? Well, life's all about timing. Exactly. Hmm. Mm. So he will, we both did cow noises then. Yep. All righty. Christ Chairman has sent a letter out to its members. Yeah, well, John Olsen's made it clear that they've taken another step towards Thabiton with the city of West Torrance. There's not much detail in that update other than to say, yes, they're committed to Thabiton. They want to build the best facility possible. They're consulting everyone. They want to consult everyone. And they're just having to work through the mechanics of a council election, the council rules on when you can be very visible in that environment. I I would say, you know, what are we talking, maybe another two or three months? And every delay just costs them more and more money, Kim. You know what building costs are like at the moment? Um, I believe it's up to about $85 million now. Yeah, I saw John on Friday. He says these sort of delays when you've got building costs rising by 10% in quick time. They're up 50% from a few years ago. Yeah. So it's they, they need to get on with it. But... Then there's going to be all sorts of other issues as well, Kim. That South Road upgrade, how that affects whatever they want to do on King's Reserve and so forth. So there's a fair few hurdles they've got to work through. But at least they're, they're focused on Thebiton and the Sample is committed now to going back to West Lakes. They'll develop on the western side of Football Park, you know, mm-hmm. where they've got already... They still call it... What do they call it now? Mosaic, don't they? The, the bar? Yeah. Oh, I think that's how it Mosaic, yeah. yeah. So they'll develop around that. They'll have a, yeah, they'll have a good base at West Lakes. So things are happening, but it's step by step, and there's all sorts of little bits of local council loopholes that you've got to jump over. Well, if it all falls to poo poo, yeah, I think it's you, me, and Peter Malinowska straight across the road. We had him on last mm-hmm. week. We'll take on the Adelaide City Council. We'll get him out to North wow. Adelaide. No, I prefer, down them. To yours. I prefer them just here on the edge here of the city. Just so do I. Yeah, that's where they should be. You want to be visible, not well, just Adelaide. explain it. You reach your point. So we know where the ice arena is, and we know where the police barracks are, which will become the Adelaide Women's and Children Hospital. New, you go across Port Road into that space there and absorb the railway tracks mm. without putting any infrastructure on the parklands. No one can complain. Surely, if you're building on the railway tracks like we've seen everyone else building on the railway tracks here at North Terrace. And we've spoken to John about this, and you've been very passionate about it. I agree with you He 100%. says it's expensive. Yeah, because you've got to build a bridge over it, over the... No, pylons over the... But everyone's doing it mm. out here. Can you, you... Just have a look at what's happened on North Terrace. How many buildings are built over the railway lines? Mm. It's possible. It's uh, dragging on this, isn't it? It's yep. a bit like the prison bar jumpers. Don't bring that up! Mm. Um. There's a really good but sad, in some ways, football story. We're going to do it after the break. There's been a retirement today of a player that a lot of people might know a lot about, but he's been around for a long time. One of the more gifted players I've seen who was crueled by injury. We'll go through that. We'll tell you who it is right after this break. It's Kimbo on the Roots. We're here thanks to Balfour's. Uh, a Balfour's in one hand, your team's colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. A Balfour's in one hand and your team colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all-wheel drive. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and the Roots. 
Nearly 18 minutes past three. Kim Barnaroo with you live from Studio Lumo SA. Thanks to Balfour's, no matter your club's colours, Balfour's are for the game. Look, we, we know we are testing everyone's patience. We are having transmitter problems. We genuinely, extremely apologise for it. Uh, Shano from North Haven, I've seen your messages. Um, appreciate you hanging in there and uh, changing over to the app. This one from Chris says, Afternoon, guys. You could at least have Roach playing some Latin guitar on 1629 like you often do when the transmission drops out. Roach, I didn't know you've been moonlighting. Oh, yes. Yeah, well, there's got to be something put over the signal. Um, Latin guitar. Why not? Chris, he probably means flamenco. You would say flamenco guitarist, wouldn't you? Oh, not oh, Latin yeah. guitarist? Yeah, we're going to get some dancers in next week. Hello. I hope not. I hope we don't have to. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm Sure, we'll be on top of it. Look, thank you. They're do you all... want to do the cymbals? No. Or the tambourine? No, the maracas would be. Maracas, I yeah. To, I, we I, could get you on the maracas. I used to used to play the guitar as a kid. The mum and dad made me, I went to music classes, they made me, they insisted I had to learn music, read, read music first. Good. They bored me to death. Really? So I did it for six months. And I, okay. Yeah. Just a young lad, Roach, just wanted to play footy. Well, I need a guitar player because I've lost Hazy. Oh, I know. He's beautiful. I used to go and watch him. Uh, he's a beautiful guitar player. I'll finish that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> he is beautiful. That's fine. I, I do do that more frequently now. My you, went, you went wrong in the first place. No. He's a beautiful person. I used to go down and watch him perform with his Sunday sessions yep. at uh, the Lion. Okay. Hey, good, good, good afternoon mm. down there. All right. Let's straighten up a little bit, okay. Roach. Um, I found this sad. I've been a huge fan of this young man. Never met him as a footballer. And that's Rory Thompson from the Gold Coast. Yeah, 106 games, 12 AFL seasons with the Gold Coast. Part of the original list that goes back to 2011. Here's the quiz question that we won't leave for Beat the Boys. Of those original Crows, uh, sorry, Suns, picked out of the Gold Coast region for that inaugural squad, I'm all over this, Roach. I'm Who's all over left? It. Uh, Sam Day, South Australian. Yes. And uh, the one I always get wrong, uh, David Swallow. Because his brother Andrew wow. was the captain. Yeah, they're the only two. So he's a Queensland boy that came from Southport. Yep. was originally a forward. Bluey McKenna turned him into a defender. Mm-hmm. He had to stand the likes of Jonathan Brown, Nick Revolt. Uh, oh, who's another biggie? Would have, uh, there was a big three at the time. There was Revolt. Oh, Buddy. Oh, buddy. As well. Yeah. And he beat those players. Yep. And then he broke a record, I think, Roach, where he came back this year for two games after being out for over a 1,000 days. Mm, indeed. I was yeah, hoping you'd fill in, of, fill in the, the little bits. That comeback was in round eight, 1,379 days. 1,379 days on the side. What's that? Four, four years. Almost, yeah. Three... Nine, yeah, it is four years. Yeah. Well, well so, picked, yeah. So he's had uh, had a year to go of his contract, but anyone that's gone through that many knee injuries, you just yeah. know, you just don't recover after training sessions, and that was the problem. Um, but a wonderful player, and he's seen it all. From when there were no facilities, he's gone through every coach, captain, CEO, chairman. Trips to China. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they weren't a big hit over there. <laughs> But they uh, did have the uh, wearing the national colours, they were. Oh, that was interesting, that old saga, wasn't it? <laughs> Tony Cochran loved that one. All righty. So that's and it. Rory Thompson. 
Yeah, w- wonderful bye. career yep. and uh, should have been a 300-game player. Adelaide Crows take on Collingwood this weekend, 310 at Unley Oval. Get down there, support the girls. We want 10,000 there. Should be a great game. Danielle Ponta, she has a skill set, Roach. Uh, More a... acknowledgement of her today as well. Yeah, did a press conference today. In what regard? Well, you know how we have the 22 under 22 in the AFL. Mm-hmm. Well, of course, we'll have it in the AFLW as well. So Abby Ballard, Madison Newman, Daniel Ponter from Adelaide, three of those under 22s in that squad of 44. And Port Adelaide has Alex Ballard, who was a great yeah. intercept defender this year, and Hannah Hewings for her work in the midfield. So that's... That's the pairings from Adelaide and Port That's Adelaide good. for under 22s. Not nice representation. All right, here's Danielle today talking about facing the Pies this weekend. Yeah, really big game against Collingwood. Um, not too sure. The girls versus them in uh, around four, I think, earlier this season, and I was actually out with injury. Um, and that was uh, what I, from what I watched, was a really hard. Um, contested game of footy and in the end was quite close so uh, um, we're just going to have to come out and play that fierce um, and hopefully that we always play um, stay well connected and hope, hopefully we can finish out and play the full four quarters um, but yeah just getting back together and getting the skills right um, doing the little things right and um, hopefully it all fa- fall back together on Saturday afternoon. Wonderful skill set really high footy IQ and of course has I think the Rioli blood Oh, related okay. to the Riolis, which okay. would explain a lot of things. Need right. to go to a break, Roach. It's 3.23. A Balfour's in one hand and your team colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all-wheel drive. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and the Roach. Just a reminder, tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson Turbo Diesel, all-wheel drive. They are ripping vehicles. Coming up, Craig Goodman at 3.30. Steve Simons, who is the coach of the Collingwood AFLW program. And at 4.30, Matt Rendell. We've got a great question from Chris O from Wall Bay. He says, G'day, guys. Could you ask Matt, apart from salary dumps, what have been the shonkiest trades he can remember? You might know a few too, Roach. A few, actually. Not so you're involved in any of them. No. I, we spoke about Daniel Ponter just before the ad break, and I said that Daniel was uh, related to Cyril Rioli. Then I double-checked because in the ad break I thought, oh, I think it might be Michael Long. Well, right and right. Yeah, actually both. Uh, the niece of former Essendon player, Michael Long, and the cousin of former Hawthorne footballer, Cyril Rioli. Mm. If you watch her play... That explains everything. My blood pressure's rising with the AFLW. I could out-volcano the volcano over this one. The vol- volcano or the volcano? Volcano. Okay. Well, this this AFLW grand final fuss is getting worse. You predicted this two months ago. Before the ago. season began. Yeah. I told you that they're going to have a major issue. So Cricket Australia has now written to the AFL and to the Brisbane Football Club saying the Gabba is out. You ready for this? Metricon Stadium is not available because there's a concert on. Excuse me, a concert. It's been well. That's not Metricon's fault. I know that. This is but a shocking lack of forward planning. Venues, don't you? Well, you would. Well, they don't know where the grand final is going to be, so you can't well, book one in every state. Should should be some but planning here. I think the planning has been poor. So the only ground that has had an AFLW game on it, so it has a tick in terms of compatibility, mm. you know, all the AFL things, is Bond University Ground. How many capacity? Two thousand. 
2,000. CD, 3,000 total. I said it yesterday. Get the Queensland government involved. Get a bit of cash for the game as well and play the grand final at Kazali Stadium in Cairns. Why not? What's the capacity? It's over. 13 and a half. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Go. Let's do it. All right. right, We're jumping a few hurdles here, already assuming Brisbane's in the grand final, but I think that's a fair fair prediction, isn't it? Well, because you're a port man, you think the Crows will get done. If they don't make mean, it. I don't think that. Generally, who? You've just been attacking them all day today. I have not. <laughs> hey, we, we'll try and get well, Nicole Seriously, anyone on. who's looked at Brisbane this year would say, if they don't make the grand final, something's gone terribly wrong. You could see that from round one or exactly. two, I, I think we called it. Hey, it's 3.30. We're going to go to the news on time. It's 3.31. So we're not going on time. Craig Goodwin coming up next. <laughs> a Balfour's in one hand and your team colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all-wheel drive. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and the Roots. Oh, no, 3.35 on a windy Wednesday afternoon. Not great for hay fever sufferers. We wish you all the best in that regard. We're live from Studio Lumo SA. Coming up, uh, Steve Simons at 4 o'clock, coach of the Collingwood AFLW side who are taking on the Adelaide Crows. And at 4.30, the list guru, Matt Rendell, will join us. But now we're very excited to have a chat to our Kennards Hire Easy Performer of the Month. Well, he's got that covered. Craig Goodwin. Goody, thanks for joining us. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. Congratulations. Uh, Yeah, it's been a bit of a whirlwind for you the last five weeks. Did you ever think you weren't going to get your body 100% right? Um, Yeah, definitely. There was was a period along along this, um, I guess. Sorry about my dog barking. No, he Um, agrees. There was was a period along the way, definitely, when I was thinking um, that it wasn't going to happen. In particular, probably when that Socceroos squad was picked for the game's um, against New Zealand so I was in that um, spell where I wasn't training by then and I wasn't ready to be um, I wasn't ready to be training yet so I was looking at that going far out I'm running out of time here and and if it takes any longer then I'm not going to be uh, I'm not going to be in contention to play so um, from that obviously a massive hats off to the medical team um, at Adelaide United and the coaching staff to help me get in a position to be um, fit and, and playing games for the start of the season. We mentioned that, Craig, earlier in the show. We acknowledged the Adelaide United Football Club for their part that they played because they managed your minutes very well in the early days. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they really did. And um, like I said, I was in a position where I genuinely was was thinking um, I might not have enough time here and, and you know, that thank you, obviously, to, to Carl for throwing me in earlier than, than probably what was um, expected or earlier than what you would do um, for a general rehab. So um, I'm thankful that I've been able to put the performances in um, for the faith that they've shown in me, um, putting me in, in, in a position where perhaps I needed um, more time um, to, be, um, to be getting up to full fitness. But I'm thankful for the position I've been able to put myself in with the opportunities that they've given me. Craig, you've ticked a lot of boxes in your career, reached so many great heights. Where does the World Cup sit in your mind? Um, definitely, it's it's right up there um, with with the best. Um, I have had some really enjoyable moments in my career, but you know, the World Cup is something that's been on my bucket list, and mm. and now to have the opportunity to tick that off um, is is a great honour. But at the same time, 
when you're a kid and you're thinking about the World Cup and and thinking of of these moments, you don't think of being there and participating. You think of going there and actually making something happen. So mm. in my head, I genuinely believe that I have the ability to to go there and and to make things happen. And and I think as as a team and and as a country, we we have um, probably not ex much expectation on us for this World Cup, but I think that plays into our favour that we yeah. can really go there and, and try and create something special. How did you find out you are in the squad? Um, so I found out, um, what was it, Tuesday Tuesday morning, um, I woke up to a text message uh, on my phone that I'd been selected in the squad, um, which definitely, obviously, there was a lot of excitement and joy there, um, and then spoke with um, Graham Arnold, called me that night um, to congratulate me, and and then just spoke about his um, expectations for, for the team. And, and the message was, was pretty much what I just said then, was that we don't want to go to the World Cup to participate. I'm selecting a squad that I believe can, can do great things at this World Cup. And, and we, want to, we want to try and um, obviously give um, an exceptional performance to, to break, um, break boundaries and, and create... Um, you know, I guess pathways for the future coming through in Australian football. And I think um, obviously trying to progress through the group stage is um, the goal for us. Um, and I think that, you know, like I said, the expectation isn't on us. So I think we have the, I think we have the chance and I think we have some top quality players to be able to do that. Uh, this is massive for us as a nation. There's no question of that. Uh, I like the little details though. Who sent the text? Was it the coach or was it Soccer Australia? No, so the the person I got the initial text from was the team manager, um, and then I got the call from Grant Arnold later, um, which I can completely understand because he'd have all fifty five yeah. of that initial yeah. squad to speak to, and and obviously um, you know perhaps it would be more important at the start to be, I guess, speaking to the boys that perhaps haven't made the squad. So um, yeah, obviously it was. Um, yeah, just a, just a great honour to be in, involved, and 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 yeah, I'm really excited for for what's about to come. Craig, fill in the calendar for us. It's November nine, first game mm. November twenty two against France. In between, when do you leave? Where do you set up camp? What friendlies do you have before the World Cup? Um, so I've got the game against Victory um, this Friday, and then I leave the next day uh, in the evening. So game on the eleventh, fly out on the twelfth. Um, I don't think we have any games um, set up. I'm not 100% sure. Um, but I know, obviously, the first game is only maybe nine days after we arrive. So there perhaps could be a game where a, a friendly game set up against someone. Yeah. We're staying at the Aspire Academy set up. They've got a um, hotel there and the training pitch is at the same location. Um, and it's only a short drive to most of the stadiums in Qatar. So, um yeah, so it's going to be a jam-packed schedule. And, and then in amongst all that is obviously the, the media obligations as well. And, and then on top of that, trying to spend as much time um, with the family as possible before I leave. Mm. Um, will everyone be playing an A-League game before they take off? Or are you allowed to say, look, I would rather rest the body this week? Um, I presume that everyone will want to play. I, mm. At the end of the day, that's up to the individual, but there is absolutely no way you are taking me out of an Adelaide United versus Melbourne victory fixture. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> the yeah, biggest game in our that. calendar. Yeah. Um, it's the biggest game in our calendar, and I want to be able to, to pick up as many points as possible um, 
with the boys um, to put us in a good position for when we come back from from the World Cup. So, um, yeah, some players might might think that, um, but my mindset is to 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 get out there and give 110 percent, and I think that's probably what Arnie will be wanting to see is another good performance from players getting match minutes as as much as possible. And I think with that, that can put me in in a position to to perhaps push for a starting spot. Craig, you mentioned family. I believe you've got something planned tonight for family and friends. Um, yeah, just a couple of family members coming over. Um, nothing too hectic or or too crazy, obviously, two days out from mm. the game. Um, but just nice to get a, a few family members over to, to celebrate um, and enjoy the moment. Craig, we're told that sport and politics don't mix. Sadly, that's never the case with the Olympics and it won't be the case with this World Cup. So... As players, how do you feel about going to Qatar and all the issues that come with it, particularly down human rights? Yeah, I think um, you're right. There is, I think you always try to, to separate the two, but to some extent they always um, always come into it. Um, from from my perspective and, and, and the Socceroos, we, we did a video. Yeah. And, so for me, um, obviously, human rights is is um, is a must, and, and making sure that that everyone is is equal, and and trying to provide um, the best you can for every every person and citizen. You know, I think it's a, obviously a, an important issue and an important topic. And so long as there's there's progress within you know the football world and within within the community, I, I think that's the main, most important thing, so long as we can continue to try and make progress and, and try and do better than, than what we've done before um, in whatever aspect. Um, I think that's the most important thing. Um, I know it's been a, a big topic um, with this Qatar World Cup, um, and it is really important um, to, stress, to stress that side. Um, but at the end of the day, it's, it's something that, for right now, I don't want to focus yeah. too much on mm. because if I'm focusing so much on that, I feel that my performances and, and ability at the World Cup, um, you know, could, could be sidetracked as well. So it's a really important issue and I think it's something that everyone needs to be aware of and, and to touch on. Um, but for me, the, the real focus um, for right now and leading into the World Cup will be performance-based and, and what I can do on the pitch Craig, and then you... everything else outside of it. If you can come home with one shirt of an opposition player, who would you pick? Um, well, it would probably be, I think, Karim Benzema. He's just won the, the Ballon d'Or. He's one of the, I guess, the best players in the world over the last few years. Um, he would be one, but I'm sure his, uh, his top would be uh, <laughs> hot property. Yeah. So um, I'll see. I, I will like to, to trade shirts from, from every team that we play at the World Cup for memorabilia. Um, but if I could get one, it would be his. Okay. This probably sounds terrible, but you're the worst ranked nation in your grouping. Does he pay much attention to that? You're up against France, Tunisia and Denmark. Is that a, a factor or you've just got to beat the best to be the best? Um, yeah, look, I think every every nation that's gone or that made it to the World Cup is obviously going to be a quality side. That's how they got there in the first place. Um, so every game is going to be difficult. And I think within Australian sport, 90% of the time we are the underdog and I think that that suits us. I think it suits us. I think it suits um, us as a nation and our our hard work ethic to, you know, create the story that, you know, we are the underdog and but we can take it to them. Um, but at the same time, I really believe in the group that we have. I believe in in what we're trying to achieve and I think we have good quality and 
you know, we, we had to we had to beat top nations like Peru to get to the World Cup. Yeah. So I think we are in a good position. Um, but at the same time, we just have to work hard and, and focus on, on each game as it comes and, and work at how we can break them down and, and what, what are our strengths and, and how we can nullify them. And because we are the underdogs most of the time, as a nation, we like our sporting teams to be physical and attacking. Do you think that'll be our game style? I think so, and, and I hope so. I think it's uh, going to be one where we're going to have to be aggressive and try and take the same, uh, take the game to our opponents. It's, you know, we, we know that whoever you come up against at the World Cup is, is going to be a quality opposition, and they're going to have some great, great players. So um, it's going to be um, really good games. But this is what you want. This is what you dream of: testing yourself against the best, um, best countries in the world, best players in the world, and. At the World Cup, it's certainly that. You play against the best um, best players in the world. So I can't wait for the, the opportunity, and I'm really looking forward to, to test myself in, in that bracket against those players. And, and, yeah, like I said, I really back myself to be able to make a real impact. Craig, before we went on air, we made a call to President Infantino at FIFA headquarters in Switzerland, and he said, you can be FIFA president for a day. Are you keeping VAR for the World Cup or getting rid of it? <laughs> <laughs> Um, geez, that is a real tough one. To be honest, I personally would get rid of VAR for the World Cup. You might miss, you might get some controversial moments, but for me, since VAR's come in, we've seen just as many, if not more, controversial yeah. moments. And I've, then I think it gets compounded by the fact that you can watch it back and, and it still um, be given as a, as a wrong decision. I think it has helped a, a lot with, with your black and white things, such as offside or, or that side of thing, but... When it comes to penalties and, and stuff like that, penalties, handballs, red cards, it all comes down to opinions. And at the end of the day, the referees can even have different opinions from each other. So I would, it's, it's not going to happen. VAR's going to be there and, and we'll deal with it. But for me, just, to, just so long as you, know, you don't see too many controversial decisions. At least you won't have to worry about Italians in the penalty box. Oh, did I say that? Hey, Craig, we really appreciate your time. Um, Look, as a state, uh, we're genuinely excited for you. Uh, We wish you all the very best at the World Cup. But we've got one more chance to see you do your stuff and perform your magic. Adelaide United take on Melbourne Victory this Friday at Hindmarsh, 7.15. Get down and support the boys and have a final look at Craig before he heads off for the World Cup. All the best, Craig. We'll be watching with enormous interest. Thank you, guys. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Craig Goodwin. It's uh, going to be exciting, Rooch. Three big games for Australia. But like Craig said, if you're going there with no expectation, you've got the world before you. Take it on. Good luck to him. So first game, Tuesday, 22nd of November, 10 p.m. local time. Good time for us to watch. Yeah, we take on France. France. Be beautiful. Should get to a rubbity dub dub and get in the green and gold, Rooch. Why not? Yes, well, let's well, do let's it. Let's be serious. Let's do it. Let's play. Well, you find a pub and I'll go to another one. Right. <laughs> a Balfour's in one hand and your team colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all-wheel drive. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and the Roots. 3.54, just a reminder, Steve Simons. Who's Steve Simons? Well, he's the coach of the Collingwood Football Club. Premiership coach at Norwood. Yeah, AFLW program. He's done well. Yep, he has. May I put out a bushfire? 
Usually I start them, but I want to put one out. Well, we're going to be on the If it saves lives, away you go. Coca-Cola will not have the rights as a sponsor of the AFL next year. Please do not think that that means you go to Adelaide Oval or Marvel Stadium or Metricon Stadium and you won't get a Coke or any Coke product. The venues have their arrangements with beverage suppliers just because they're not a sponsor of the AFL doesn't mean you'll be hitting Adelaide Oval next year and you won't be able to get a Coke if that's your drink oh, of didn't preference. Didn't even know that was happening, Rich. Yeah, it's, after 30 years, Coca-Cola won't be a sponsor of the All AFL. All the big issues. Whenever well, I think is. of Coca-Cola, I think how there used to be the battle when I was a kid growing up between yeah. Coca-Cola, Pepsi, and then Tab came in. Yeah. And a young El McPherson. Yeah. Oh, it changed my life, Rich. All right, we digress. Right. Um, you finished with that yes, one? Yes, just so. Okay. Put out a bushfire there. You haven't got a commercial arrangement with Coca-Cola, have you? Hello, Peter Carey, but I haven't. Well, that came out of left field, yeah. I reckon, yeah, oh, yeah Roach. <laughs> yeah, if there's a cart, they, we're, we're going to have people down there swine at your house. You'll end up with a truckload of Coke, I reckon. I uh, Right. I assure you, I will not. You never cease to surprise me or amaze me, Rich. We have a chat during the break saying how we're going to talk about uh, the West Torrance Council and then you bring up Coca-Cola. Text coming through from Blake. Are you ready? Yes, I am. Concentration of an ant you have. Hi, Kimbo <laughs> and Rooch. I understand that the West Torrance Council was granted ministerial permission to enter a, an MOA with the Crows for their new headquarters and John Olsen has assured this doesn't mean the deal is happening. But surely a council voting on an $85 million project in caretaker mode doesn't install much faith in ratepayers to the local government system. And we can't trust anything, John Olsen says. Then it it says Motorola. Come on, Blake. Easy. Um, Yeah, that's from Blake. Comment? The mayor will be the same mayor. I understand the council elections could lead to a different council, but it would still, I would imagine, have the majority of those councillors who have dealt with this still on that council. There's still a deep process to go through. And I feel for, for Adelaide Football Club and John Olsen, whereby by being told to back off, in the sense, don't get involved in any of the you know, public information, yep. there's been a massive void that's been filled in with enormous disinformation. Like the one that I'll never, ever forget is people say, oh, they're going to play AFL games at Thebiton. I don't think they're leaving Adelaide Oval to play. Look, they'll play AFL-W. But there has been so much disinformation. Now, Mm. I'm a little concerned about some of the things I've read today in that some of the local sporting groups weren't consulted. Now, There's a soccer team that was on King's Reserve, wasn't it? You'd think you'd have a list who this is going to impact on and get around to them. We have put in a call to speak to John Olsen. I spoke to John on Friday. I understand the frustrations they've been through trying to work through the mechanics of what of the local government regulations. But some of the disinformation that's been put out there by people who have no concern about those regulations has been quite concerning as well. I'm very parochial. Yes. I love South Australia. Yes. I'm a South Australian through and through. Yes. But we are a bit of a bloody nanny state at times. Yes. Well, we do have that. And looking out on King William Street, I'm surprised there's not a horse and carts going past there at times. I wouldn't mind seeing But when we do again. things, we do them well. Yes. We will never have two bigger sporting franchises in the next 100 years or the next 200 years than Probably what Port not. Adelaide and the Crows are. Mm. We can't accommodate them in the positions they'd like to be without doing any serious impact. Well, house values will increase, won't they? They'll increase yep. in that area. Yep. Community services are going to be so much better. Hey, yep. let's just go to another one. As I said, we've got Steve Simons coming up. You interviewed him earlier today, Rooch, when I was off getting my stitches out. Um 
As a teaser to your discussion, Danielle Ponter from the Crows did her press conference today. And as we know, Roach, they kicked three goal one in the first quarter, one of their best first quarters ever. Only managed one one after that. She was asked what went wrong. We had a great start and our midfielders really got on top of it and we had some pretty good um, entries into the forward line, which we were able to really cap off, um, which was lucky. But um, towards the end of the game, I think the Melbourne girls really just took advantage of that and um, yeah, just came back and wanted to win, I suppose. And um, we were just unlucky not to you know, be able to get back on top of their momentum and, and stop them going forward. Um, they've got some great players and um, a lot of their young girls stood up and played a great role for them on the on the weekend. So it was just really unlucky we were, able, were unable to stop that. But, um, yeah, like I said, just really looking forward to next week now. They've had a really good year, the Crows. Yes, But it's been a battle. They've had to come from behind against uh, less credentialed sides. And uh, they have well and truly had a target on their back and they found it difficult being the, the hunted. And Brisbane has gone ahead of everyone. Yep. Adelaide's in that pack with Melbourne, Adelaide. Do we put Richmond Collingwood in that group as yeah, well? Probably yeah, probably just a just little yeah. bit below, a little bit below. But on but their day? Yeah. Oh, easy. They could, have won. they could have won last time yeah. they met Adelaide. Yeah. Hey, here's the text of the day before we go to a break. Um, this is after you, you know, getting behind the Socceroos and wanting to put a green and gold scarf on and go to a pub, Roach. Here's from Chopsy. says, the last thing the Socceroos need yeah. is to have the jinx. <laughs> Michelangelo Rucci, jump on board. Look what he has done at Port Adelaide. No flag for over 6,000 days. <laughs> right. That's not my fault, accurate. is it? Well, I think you've got to be held accountable. Yeah, how much, much would I get paid to join the Crows again? Well, well, you, you joined up as a member once. Yeah, Phil you? Walsh got me on board. I bet you would have borrowed the money off him. No. You would have. No. And he can't defend himself. No. No. You would not have put your hand in your pocket, Rich. We'll discuss this during the news. A Balfour's in one hand and your team colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all-wheel drive. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and the Roots. Four. We appreciate your company. We're live from Studio Loom OSA. If you've just joined us, well, a little earlier today, we spoke to Craig Goodwin. That was all thanks to Ken Arts. Ken Arts Hire makes your job easy. Talk to someone who has taken the Ken Oath today. Got to be careful when you say that. Well, a little earlier today, the Roach uh, interviewed the coach of the Collingwood Football Club for their AFLW program. I was off getting my stitches out from when I had a little cancer removed. So let's sit back and have a listen to the Roach having a chat to Steve Simons about the big game against the Crows this Saturday at Unley Oval at 3.10. Steve, welcome to the show. Good afternoon. Uh, Great to be here. A kid from a town of 629, Kimber, on the Air Peninsula, makes it to the Norwood Football Club and the Collingwood Football Club. It's almost a book. You've got to tell us the short version. How did you go from Kimber to Norwood via Darwin to Collingwood? Uh, yeah, it's been quite a journey, no, no doubt. Um, I just guess I just followed the pathway through and as opportunities arise, um, you get an opportunity at the next level and you just take that opportunity when it, when it arises. And, um, yeah, just being blessed to uh, be involved with some strong football clubs and be surrounded by some strong football people that helped direct me through the different ways and different pathways and uh, 
um, and then yeah, you end up where you end up. So um, yeah, it's been a bit of a journey, but um, that journey's also the experience I've gained all along the way has yeah. obviously helped me to get the positions that I've got to. It's interesting to read your, your biography, so to speak, and then learn about your influence on women's football, particularly when you go to the AFLNT in Darwin and start up the women's program. Is that the fork in the road where that determines what you're going to do post-playing and post-your own sort of stuff in footy? Yeah, it is. Like My role up there was as, as a development manager, so I, I took on a few different portfolios, and uh, one of them was obviously trying to uh, get up a um, initial junior girls um, competition and uh, and get that uh, get the girls proactive into playing footy. So obviously that's where my interest started um, originally, and obviously down the track when the uh, SNFLW was um, about to occur and that, and I was uh, really pleased to be involved with uh, the initial stages of that. That it was too good an opportunity to uh, to turn down to be involved with um, starting up something from scratch, mm. particularly programs and. And that from scratch, which is a real passion of mine, is getting into programs and, and building them. So when the opportunity came up to be involved with something new and 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 to help create that, um, you know, it's too good to knock back. And I've actually thoroughly enjoyed the experience and really learned a lot out of it. But also met some really great people along the way. And um, you know, I'm really really proud of uh, the way the uh, the football and particularly women's football has evolved over the last you know, six or seven years since AFLW and SNFLW has all all started and how. You know, go out to the local clubs and that how many young girls are now playing the game and been involved and have now star female players that they look up to and that like it's it's just great to see and you know it's going to continue to build and continue to evolve as it goes along and um, we understand it's not a perfect product just yet but um, you know we're in the early stages but no doubt you know many years down the track we'll look back at these early times and say uh, you know where it first started and where it's where it's ended up. So you're appointed Nord's inaugural coach in 2016 for their Sanford W program. You win the first flag in the Sanford W competition. You're recognised with the Coach of the Year award. What have you seen from that grassroots, from all the way to Darwin into the Sanford W, to now when you sit at the Collingwood Football Club as their AFLW senior coach? How well is this game underpinned at the moment? Oh, it's just strong. Just from watching the players, how far they've... Um evolved and improved and their understanding of what they're doing has been the big big key elements. Um, in particular, like when we first started at SNFLW level, like we actually had no data to record yeah. from you know, from GPS or anything like that. And training methods, um, we, we still didn't quite know, you know, from the high performance side of things, what players' levels are at, what their bodies were able capable of doing. We obviously always had shorter seasons as well, so you had to try and plan about going in and having a really short spike. Um, and all those things. So you learn as you go along and try some things. Some things work, some things don't. And you gain all that information and you just learn from experience and adapt as you go along. So I, I guess that's the biggest thing. But to watch to watch the players develop their, from a physical aspect to what they're capable of doing now, uh, to watch them with their real strong understanding of the game and the strategies behind the game um, is, is really, really been a really pleasing to watch. But also, you know, their skill level is evolving. I know mm. um, at times it looks like... Um, you know, some games can be a bit critical about the skill level and the skills behind that and the decisions behind some of the skills and that as well within the game. But the fact is the game's getting a lot faster um, each year. Um, teams are getting better educated towards the strategy side of things. So naturally, as the game evolves, um, the skills and decisions have to have to match as the game evolves. And that's where we're at at the moment, where the game itself is evolving so quickly. Now we've got to try and build the skills and decisions to support that as we go along. You've been at one of the biggest football clubs in the land since 2020. Reportedly beat out Beck Goddard, who's the first AFLW Premiership coach and the most famous Danny Frawley to the job at Collingwood. How did, how did it come about that you got to Collingwood? Um, 
I think, uh, you know, obviously you've got to have to go through the process and um, was contacted to go through the process and uh, and did that. And um, uh, a lady by the name of Jane Woodman's Thompson was oh, the um, well. head yeah. of women's football we well. yes. head of women's football at, um, at Collingwood at the time, and um, I, I actually knew of Jane but didn't know her yeah. uh, personally or anything like that. But Jane, obviously being involved with her sport and obviously had some attachment with the SNFL yeah. as well, um, obviously had watched from afar my my progress and what I was doing in that, and asked for me to go through the process, which I which I did, and then obviously was fortunate enough to uh, to get the position. And I guess you know the the journey that I've had from experience that I've had through all the development pathways and, and that obviously put me myself in great stead for that and um, you know I love building programs so I guess that sort of affiliated with what Collingwood needed the, the first three years of Collingwood's women's program unfortunately they had probably didn't have the success they were looking for they'd finished bottom the first three years so they were looking for someone to come in and bring something new uh, and to build something and um, I guess at that time I thought I was the best candidate and um, well here I am. Collingwood is a fascinating club because we all have a perception of it, but you know the reality. How did they adopt, embrace, and also engage in the AFLW? Did you find that they were keen on it from the very beginning or just wanting to be a part of it? There is a difference. Yeah, obviously I wasn't here for the first three years of, of, of the program. Um, and and, and look, I think I think most um, programs, if you go and talk to, to most clubs, I think each club had its own little... Um, the, the fitting period when you've got something new coming into yeah. uh, a new environment, how all that fits and how everyone works around that. So I think every club's had its own little um, pieces where things, some things work and some things don't. I guess one advantage I found when I came in the first, uh, my first year here was that the Collingwood already had their um, um, Nepal team, their, mm. their um, national um, team um, involved. So there was always already female athletes yep. involved inside the club and then heavily involved inside that and we're performing at a, an elite level. So there's already a program, um, a high professional program already advanced inside the club. So there was some understanding of female athletes. Um, and obviously when I was appointed and got through that, obviously the, the club had made a strong decision to put something in place and build something. And that was, you know, the conversations that we had was about building the program and, and, and resetting it. So obviously it's for them to go down that pathway was always about really supporting that that concept and then putting uh, the support around the persons involved to be able to do that. So um, I can't fault anything from that point of view, the support I've obviously from my time here and, and the way the club's gone about it and really embraced uh, not only the, the women's football program, but female athletes inside the, the club. Um, they've done a great job and we, we really are one United club and all of them as one. There's no doubt about that. Good. The Collingwood Football Club and Adelaide have an intense rivalry in the men's competition that certainly has built that way in AFLW, Collingwood ending one of Adelaide's premiership defences many years ago. It could be the same story at Unley Oval on Saturday, 3.10 start in this semi-final. Now, there was five points in it the first time you met. Adelaide delivered your first loss of this season, the seventh season of AFLW at Vic Park in mid-September. You tried so many different things to get yourself back in the game. How much did you learn from that match at Vic Park that suits you for this one at Unley Oval on Saturday? Uh, quite a bit. Um, we took some, some real great learnings from it. And, and look, the last couple of times we played Adelaide, I think both the last couple of games have all been less than a goal. And mm. both times Adelaide um, have got the jump on us early. Um, and we've been able to put some things in place that's got us back into the game. And, yeah, when the game ended up finishing up really close towards the end. So um, we, we, we took some great learnings away from, from the game. Um, we, we certainly started off too slow and 
we one of the biggest things, I guess, we felt we moved the ball way too slowly and Gago made a really good, good chance to set up defensively against us and made it really hard for us to score. Um, we, we think we've evolved a bit as a team since then and uh, um, we think we're starting to get a bit more balance between our game and, and our ball movement in particular. Steve, have you coped with two seasons in one year and you're happy with August to December as the slot for AFLW? Um, yeah, look, it's, it's certainly been... Um, the word hectic is probably the word yeah. I've probably used this last uh, 12 months. There's been a lot going on and back-to-back seasons and coordinating that. You've got a couple of different drafts. You've got two different signing trade periods all in one that time, staff-wise and all that type of stuff. It's been really busy. And I, I went when I was back home uh, the other weekend, my wife's family marked uh, January with a big circle around. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to have a break at some stage. So I've got January, I think, uh, earmarked for me. But... Um, that, that's why we do what we do, you know. We we put our hands up to be involved yeah. um, in in these uh, in these environments, and you just got to get the job done. And look, it's been uh, yes, it's been hard work, and there's a lot of hours gone into it. But it's extremely rewarding as well that you know you're building something um, each time. So um, yeah, it, it has been that, but I wouldn't change it any other way either. Well, Steve, it's good to know someone will be welcoming you home on the weekend. You know what it's like when you're playing the Adelaide Football Club in its own environment. It will be a challenging semi-final, but one that's going to be entertaining to watch, I'm sure. Good luck with it. And we'll see what develops with AFLW Season 8 because we've got so many mysteries with that one as well. Yeah, thank you. And, um, yeah, look, we look forward to seeing what the, the next season evolves as well. Mm. But hopefully our season continues for a bit longer. Good luck. Thank you. That's Steve Simmons who coaching the Collingwood Football Club. They play Adelaide in this cutthroat semi-final at Unley Oval on Saturday. Should be an interesting game. A Balfour's in one hand and your team colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all-wheel drive. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and the Roots. On a Wednesday afternoon, nice interview, Roach. Sorry I couldn't be there when you did it earlier today. Hey, just quickly, show your support for McHappy Day by purchasing a pair of silly socks from Maccas for only $5. Money raised will go towards Ronald McDonald House charities as they continue to help seriously ill or injured children and their families. They do a wonderful job. They're absolute rippers. Just a reminder, Matt Rendell coming up at uh, 4.30. If you'd like us to ask a question, send a text. We've got a text that's come through here, Roach. What are you taking a selfie of yourself? No, I'm taking a photo of outside. It's a lovely day out there. I just want to remember it. Oh, you've got an illness, fair dinkum. <laughs> Roach, we're on air. Yes, I like taking photographs. We'll do it during the ad breaks. But this moment may never happen. That bus may never come by again. Oh. <laughs> yeah, can you fly like an eagle when you work with a turkey? And what about this one? What are the Crows going to do? This yes. is from uh, Matt and Brizzy. What are the Crows going to do with Sloan next year? Uh, there's no room for him up forward. So how about the back pocket? What, there is no... You think there's no room for him forward? Surely. Uh, well, there's not going to be a lot of room. So Miller will go back, won't he? Well, I'd like him back. But they weren't playing him there last So what's their forward it? six? Give me their forward six. Well, you know you've got Walker, yeah, yeah. Fogarty, you've forgotten. No, no. Phil We're Thorpe, working the argument here. Phil Rochelle. Thorpe. Yep. And I say Rankin will get a game, won't he? Oh, Rankin will get a game, yeah. Yeah. That's five. That's five. So, and then you've got your pressure forwards. So you've got Ned McHenry. Yeah. You've got Shane McAdam, who's part of it, the X-Factor. Yes. I don't yeah. think Sloane is going to remove him. 
even though he's not a bad over his head. In back pocket's not too bad, but you've got Pistol Parnell. You need leg, leg speed. You've got Will Hamill. Uh, Sloaney doesn't have that type of a leg speed, so it'll be interesting how he's used. Is he used off the bench in the midfield? That makes it harder for Matt Crouch to ever get a game. Who brought well, him up? We know that's not going to happen anyway. Oh, that's, don't say that. No, you never know. Might have a good summer. Good, uh, good text, Matty. Like it. It's a ripper. Hey, um, let's just change pace a little bit, Rooch. What time we got? We've got to go to an, no, no, we've got to go to an ad break, do we? Yes. We do. Well, I've been told off. Uh, on the other side of the ad break, we'll hear from Matt Daldig from the Sandfall about whether they will take a week off during a magic Surely round. Surely they do. Surely. Well, we'll find out. He was on with Coons and Hazy earlier this morning. That's after the break. A Balfour's in one hand and your team colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all-wheel drive. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Roots. 27, we're here thanks to Balfour's, no matter your club's colours, Balfour's are for the game and we're live from Studio Lumo SA. Matt Rendell coming up after the 4.30 news. If you'd like to ask the big fella, the list guru, a question, send us a text now. We've already got a few about some of the shonkiest trade deals ever done, Rooch. You know of a few, don't you? I do. All right, we'll discuss that very, very shortly. A lot of talk about Magic Round. We thought it was going to be, well, I thought it was going to be announced that we had it last Thursday, so we had the Premier yeah, on. There's a few issues still mm. being resolved, in particular with the broadcasters, yes. Fox and Seven. All right, but obviously it's going to impact on the Sandfall. Matt Doldig, the general manager of football for the Sandfall, had a chat to Coons and Hazy about whether the Sandfall would take the week off. Yeah, we would actually look to have a weekend off, um, so happy to let you know that. And the, the sample fans, what we want to really do is make this a celebration of footy across the whole weekend and allow everyone to attend not only the games, but what the, the vision would be is there's a lot of activities happening around it. So there's conferences, there's seminars, there's festival activities like we're seeing now at, with the World Cup in town. So we'll give everyone the opportunity to experience that by having a, having some footy off on that, that weekend um, and potentially talking to um, community leagues as well to do the same. So everyone can experience what will be a, a fantastic weekend of footy. Yep, that well, should be across the board. That's a really smart uh, approach. That I should agree. apply to country football as well. I agree. Let's do devil's advocate. It's a long day, but could you marry a Sanford game? I'm wary of no, ticket prices. no. You don't want to marry the no, two together? No, well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Okay. I'd do exactly what Matt was saying. Just putting your devil's get, advocate for you. Yeah, try and get the uh, SA Footy League on board. Yep. Country, all the country competition, so all the country folk can come down, spend some time, fill up the hotels, Rooch. Yep. That's why they're doing it. It's a money-making exercise. Correct. But it's a time for people to get down and enjoy the festivities. Uh, Matty was also asked about how many Sandville grounds could possibly host an AFL game. Uh, yeah, look, one or two, I think. Yeah, we don't have all the finer details. I think you'd be able to manage five or six games through Adelaide Oval. So you're probably looking at two or three games where you're looking to feel from a, a regional or suburban perspective. So I know the AFL, state government and us, we're still working through all the um, logistics at each oval, um, each sample oval and a number of regional ovals as well, just to make sure they can make the right decision um, so that the players get obviously the best service and facilities they can outside of playing at Adelaide Oval, but also that we can get as many people into those grounds and experience um, AFL footy close up. 
Matty so the Premier has spoken of the Barossa, yep. wants a game there. He's spoken of Norwood Oval being capable of holding an AFL game. Some talk there'd be one for the southern region. So north for Barossa, south, which is a vast region. You could pick I'm many not, sites. I'm not geographically challenged, Roach. I I'm know just, the Barossa's north. Yeah. So south, Flinders University Open? No, I'm thinking further south, like outside of it. Victor Harbour? Yeah, or... Yeah, Victor Harbour, those sort of regions. Well, what were you thinking? Oh, in Counter Bay, all those sort of... Victor Harbour and Counter Bay, yeah. Not just yeah, Victor Harbour, yeah. yeah. Well, Victor Harbour's yeah. in Counter Bay. Yeah. Same, same. I'm getting grumpy, aren't I? Yeah. Johnny Longmire can get grumpy as well. What's I don't he think done he, now? No, he hasn't got grumpy really? here, but he can. We all have that capacity, Roach. Um, he was on Sports Day Victoria. He was asked about... Oh, this goes for a minute and a half. Sorry, bad move by me. We'll play that a little bit later. So he will be grumpy. You're going to hold him. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to keep You're holding Maddie, the horse. We don't want to keep Matty Rendell no. waiting. Uh, we'll hear from the horse though a little bit later. Okay, news coming up. Then Matt Rendell. A Balfour's in one hand and your team colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all-wheel drive. You're listening to the Run Home with Kimbo and the Roots. Appreciate your company. We're live from Studio Lumo SA. Thanks to Balfour's. No matter your club's colours, Balfour's are for the game. We've already spoken to Craig Goodwin, enjoyed that interview, and Steve Simons, coach of Collingwood's AFLW side, who take on the Crows this Saturday. Unley Oval 310. Let's see if we can get 10,000 there. Can they accommodate 10,000, Rich? At? Unley, well, on the Unley Oval. I'm not sure they can get 10,000 in that ground anymore. Yeah, it's all changed now, hasn't it? Seven, isn't it? About... So oh, put the right. fencing around. Yeah. Hmm. We'll look into that. Anyway, we'll do it tomorrow. Yeah. We won't bore our next guest to death, and we believe we've got a really good line at the moment. So get a Matthew Rendell, the <laughs> list guru. Uh, no chance of getting 10,000 hardly. You kidding, aren't you? Yeah, I wouldn't have thought so. I was trying to buy some time there, trying to think what Surely the biggest there's a bigger ground recently. They'll get a good crowd. Surely there's a bigger ground that can hold more. Yeah. Um, Woodville West Orange would hold more, wouldn't it? Well, yeah, but they want to be at a ground where they've played before, though, Matt. Well, they played so, there before. Uh, what it? Woodville, home ground advantage. Oh, Woodville, you mean, or yeah. you mean West or or Thebby. Seriously, yeah, that's overrated. That the home ground advantage. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. we've had to put up with Richmond all week. We have playing their ground in front of two thousand eight hundred. Ridiculous. Yeah, that is silly. Bloody stupid. You want to grow? The, you want to grow the game? In how many years have we gone? Six years. You want to grow the game? You got four more teams, extra yep. teams this year, and you play a final, a crucial final, Correct. where two thousand eight hundred people can watch. Unbelievable. Insane. It is insane. And Brendan Gale's been doing a little bit of backpedalling, hasn't is he? he and uh, a little bit of BS, I would say, as well. Oh, Kane Corns, he's doing a bit of Kano. Whoa! He's in America at the moment. He'll still be listening. Now, Matt, <laughs> you're going to have a good time, didn't he? Yeah. Now, Matt, you're going to have to help us. You're going to have to help us with list management yes. decisions here. So, yeah. Paul Seedsman had 2022-2023 in his contract. 2022, he doesn't play because of co- um, concussion issues. Adelaide yeah. has to make a decision. They've decided today to take him off the primary list yeah. and look to put him on the rookie list when the rookie yeah. draft is done. Now, we're trying to work out the mechanics, the benefits, what happens to his contract, what happens to his salary, what, what are they doing? What are the benefits? So, yeah. if he's, so say, uh, just say he's on 500000 Say he's on 500000 How's it work? No, he's still got to pay him 500000 yeah. yeah, but could have they dumped so, yeah, that all into this year's salary cap? So, yeah, so... so you can pay a rookie whatever you like, 
a million okay. bucks if you want. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, the, the but these are all the injury payments. Minimum surely. you have to pay. The minimum you have to pay is oh, I don't know, around seventy something like that. So yeah, but I'm just say, thinking here, Matt. If if these are injury payments, which then get excused on the yes. salary cap, it would be smart to take this year's contract and next year's contract and dump it now, wouldn't it? Well, if he's not going to play, is he, are we talking he's not playing? No, well, we don't know. We don't know what will happen with no, him next year. They're putting him on the rookie list with the view of him being able so to play. So they're putting him on the rookie list. Uh, no, actually, actually, not all his salary things on the rookie list. Sorry about that. He's contracted. Mm. I can't remember how much it is, but they can put... Sorry, all they can put at that 500 is the minimum. So say the minimum is 80. Yeah. Only 80 can go on the rookie list. So they sell themselves 80 on their main list. Okay. Mm. I don't think 80 would be a big deal for it. But the other issue is you might want the spot on your list to pick yeah. someone. Yeah. And that's what you would That's what you would do. You save yourself 80, not an issue for them. For a yeah. top club, it is an issue. 80 grand is a big issue. Yeah, gotcha. But um, that they are creating a space on their main list to take someone in the draft. Yeah. Or... Okay. To take a delisted free agent um, shortly. Okay. Okay. Right. Explain this one. Uh, Jordan Butts, who's been the mainstay of Adelaide's defence for the last couple of years, has been elevated off the rookie list. Uh, yeah. So he's been their main, their key defender for the last two years, yeah. but he's been on the rookie yeah. list. Is that because his manager signed a deal on minimum chips? And they had to wait before that expired before Adelaide would take him off the rookie list. Uh, no, you can you can put him up at any time. Um, but it, it probably just suited him to keep him on the rookie list. He was on minimum. He would have been on the 80 or whatever. But his match payments, he would have got up to 200, close close to it, up to 200. For the, uh, for the job he's, he's been doing, though, the last two years, he should have been on 450. <laughs> yeah, so that money stays in the, in the um, rookie list, so um, that 80 grand, and, and, um, and, his, and his match payments. So all that money would have been in the rookie list Last year, wouldn't have been on the main list. So now, look, you can stay on the rookie list for three years, I think it is. But they've decided, obviously, and he needs an upgrade to go mm. up because he's probably done a new contract, I assume. Yep. Has he? Uh, no, and, not that we know of. Um, no, it's just said today it came out that he's well, been elevated off the rookie list along with Kieran Strawn. So he must have signed a new contract after the first year there. I'll look it up. Yeah, all right. he's all get a bit Let's get on to something more but litigious. Reach, I need you to stay with us here. Right. We'll chase that up afterwards. Let's see if we can get the company sued. Here's a text. Hello. G'day, guys. Could you ask Matt, then in brackets, apart from salary dumps, what have been the shonkiest trades he can ever remember? That's from Chris from Wall Bay. Now, oh. Rich, come on. Here we go. Shonky trades. Well, the, the, the shonky... The big shonky one was their, uh, the coach who won your uh, your central flag this year um, um, for Norwood. Jake uh, Rawlings? Yes. That was the biggest shonky one where they they wanted Jake. I, I can't remember the deal, but it was it was shonky as hell. And my mate Scotty Clayton did it. And <laughs> they gave Hawthorne... They wanted him, they gave Hawthorne some... They wouldn't deal with him. Uh, somehow he got, he, he ended up being, because he was out of contract, they wouldn't do a trade. They sent some rubbish to Hawthorne and uh, and basically pinched him. You'll have to look that one up. I can't exactly remember the, all the details, 
but it was shonky as hell, but it was in within the rules. All right. Well, Roach thinks uh, he knows they, a couple. Which they, duly, which they duly came straight afterwards. <laughs> All right. Well, Reach has got a couple. Before we get to it, uh, we've just found out Jordan Butt signed a two-year deal with the Crows in March 2021. Contract ends in 23. Yeah. Reach, so, so, that. So his uh, contract would have been in in the rookie list last year. So this year would have been in the rookie list this year, yeah. and now his second year of that will go onto the onto the main salary cap. Root one of the shonkiest of all time is without doubt Matthew Primus to Port Adelaide from Fitzroy avoiding Brisbane. Matty's old club. Yeah. Now how did they? How did so that happen? Brian Cunningham rang Alan Scott and said, "Alan, we've got a way to get Matthew Primus to our list." But yeah. you're going to have to do a sponsorship of the Brisbane Lions. And Alan Scott's gone, yeah, okay, I'm easy to do that. So then Port Adelaide, Brisbane, Fitzroy had the arrangement that Matthew Primus would not be one of the Fitzroy players. What was they allowed? Seven or nine that had to be eight, absorbed? Eight, eight. No, they okay. took eight. Eight. Mm. And Matthew Primus was left to just be delisted and taken to Port Adelaide and Brisbane okay. got a sponsorship from Alan Scott. Okay. And they would have been crying out for money at the time. Correct. And they probably had a good record. I can't think who it might be. It might have been uh, Clark Keating. Uh, uh, testing our memory now there, Matt. But what year are we talking about? 96? 96, 97, yeah. Uh, so Clark Keating uh, trained with me, mm-hmm. trained with us at Brisbane in 1992 as a 15-year-old. Okay. So what would he have been? Uh, 18, 19. Yeah. And, you know, turned out to be a beauty. But probably someone else was rushing at the time, but I can't think who it would be. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe they thought, no, we're, uh, we're happy to let him go. And it was a bonus for Port. Yep. Matty, Matty, in terms of publicity, a lot of people would think one of the biggest, shonkiest uh, happenings was the Kurt Tippett scenario. But I think it was the bottom end of the scale. It, it really wasn't shonky. It was just a, uh, a, a no, silly little letter. No, the, the shonky was his contract. <laughs> and the... the um, Everyone thought he was going to go to Brisbane or uh, somewhere else, and he ended up signing. Gold Coast, yeah. Yeah, uh, signing with um, Swallies. I don't think that wasn't shonky. Uh, They had to list him, I think, at the time, or he had a contract. And uh, but he just picked a club that no one saw coming. So he did the shonky. Well, he met no both of them, and his manager. And and well, it wasn't a shonky. Hmm. It was just a legitimate trade, like. Buddy Franklin was a legitimate trade. Everyone thought Fonies were into him big time. Oh, and, that, that was... Uh, sorry, uh, GWS were into yeah. Buddy big time, and they thought they had him. The AFL were ecstatic. They puppeted themselves up, and Fonies went and undercut him. So uh, that wasn't shonky. It was clever. But so how does Sydney <laughs> get banned from trading from that? I, I still don't understand how the AFL could ever have imposed that penalty on the Swans. How did they get pen- penalised? Well, oh, did. that's the Buddy but, one. Yeah, the buddy well, one. Because yeah. no, we, were talking, buddy Kurt. we yeah. were talking Kurt. Well, Kurt, yeah. they got they got banned after the Kurt deal. No, 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 the no, no. Buddy no. Franklin one. Yeah, Roach changed. Totally not. Yes, that would have been Andrew. Dem- where's that would have been Andrew Demetrio cracking the brazen beak because because yes. he was supposed to go to GWS. They want him to That's be. right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't, and, well, they put they made him jump through some hoops with the contract, and they made every. Uh, director, every one on the board. Uh, I think they had to sign something where the, if this if this goes that's right uh, yeah. south, yeah. that you're liable. The whole board's yeah. liable for paying his rest of his 
Yes, that's but right. I, I still do not understand. If Sydney was clever enough to do the free agency deal for Buddy Franklin, they why they could be banned from the trading section for two years. That just was ridiculous. Uh, We're talking about a few Andrew, players here. Uh, but uh, hang on. Andrew a text. some funny stuff. Don't worry about that. <laughs> funny stuff. That's polite. We don't want to get sued. Uh, a text has come through. I'm presuming this is Jade Rawlings. It says uh, they made him walk through the preseason draft and the Hawks then picked him up. Is that Jade Rawlings? Uh, they went to North. Right. Wasn't he a Hawks player? And, and North gave him, gave him a couple of crabs. Oh, no, All right, let's, uh, let's move on to another deeper meaningful. I don't think it was preseason draft. It was, something, it was something where they actually gave Hawthorne something for it. We've got another text here. Uh, the Adelaide Crows girls take on Collingwood at Saturday at Only Oval, 3.10. Let's hope we get a capacity, whatever that is. We'll find out. Uh, a text has come through at the moment because even though you're the list guru, you're without a club at the moment. Would you consider being a talent scout or a list manager for an AFLW club? Um, yeah, I've watched... I mean, I'll tell you about the AFLW this year. It was a... It was really hard to watch after the men's finished. I found it. I watched, you, you watch little bits and pieces, you know, during that break they had. Mm. And I've watched a fair bit of it because you can't wait for footy to come round. It starts in February, happy days. You'll watch any footy. So I love watching the women's footy, but um, I, I struggled with the women's footy early, straight after the AFL season because it was a cracker. Uh, you know, the grand final didn't turn out to be a cracker, but... Um, I watched the finals on the weekend. Geez, it was good footy. And and this is coming off the back of four new teams coming in at once yep. and, and diluting of of uh, talent. And I've gone, the, the girls, uh, you know what I reckon they benefit from? They benefit from the end of the season finishing in oh, April yep. and having having basically no break and going straight back into training and straight into games again. I reckon they benefit magnificently because they look way fitter, way quicker, their body shapes were heaps better, and their skill level uh, over the weekend was enormous uh, improvement on even last year. And I think uh, that back-to-back seasons virtually has benefited them greatly. And uh, uh, I've got to take my hat off to how good... Well, I know there's a lot of pushback, but that's... That's very watchable. It's extremely watchable. I love it. We get bad games in the AFL as well. And so. crack in. Yeah. Crack in. So what, what no, we're learning Now answer the question. So what we learned from that, Matt, is they're physically capable of playing a 17-game home and away season because we've seen that oh, no, back to No back. doubt. So I the question is... Year, I said, why are we finishing so early? I said, why are we playing right up till Christmas? Why isn't the grand final the week before Christmas? Because yeah. of money. Matt, it's as simple as that. It's baby, it's baby steps, brick by brick. They couldn't they even afford to book a stadium a... for the grand final, for heaven's hey, sake. We need to go to a break. Yeah. And you, you, you are a machine. You are. You didn't even answer the question. Would you take a job? No, no. Yeah, I would do it. Yes, I, I, I enjoy it. I enjoy any um, watching talent, young talent. Right, we'll get our people onto your people. A good chat, Matty. We look forward. We'll do it again next week. Thanks, See you later. There he is, Matty Randall. He's an absolute ripper of the list. A guru. We enjoy having a chin wag with him. I can't find that Jade Rawlingson because he goes from Hawthorne to the Western Bulldogs to North Melbourne. Mm. That's what happened when we give questions. We don't know where they'll go. Hmm. Okay. We All might right. ring Jade Nask. We know where we're his... going next, though, Bridge. Yes. Time for Beat the Boys. Oh, you ripper. Thanks to Hyundai. This is your chance to take oh. on the Rooch or myself. Looking forward to this. Three questions. It's the best of three. 
If you get through, you go into the draw for $1,000 worth of free fuel, which we'll announce the winner in two weeks' time. There's only two people that have qualified. Roots got knocked off last night in an abysmal performance by Matt from hey, It wasn't as bad as yours the night before. Monday, I was injured. Injured? I was injured. I had two... Self-inflicted? Two really strong victories the week before that. <laughs> and then celebrated. I was unstoppable. Yes, I did. Hey, <laughs> ring now. The number is one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Those listening on the app, I know there's a delay of about ten seconds, but ring now one three hundred seven three six seven three six if you want to be a competitor. Well, here we go. The phones are ringing, Roach. On beat the boys to win a thousand dollars worth of free free fuel. A lot of F's there. A Balfour's in one hand and your team colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all-wheel drive. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Roots. Fifty-five, almost done for another day. We're here thanks to Hyundai and Balfour's. No matter your club's colours, Balfour's are for the game. Hey, we're going to put it on ice, the $1,000 fuel, uh, Richie Rooch, because of the transmitter problems we've got with sixteen twenty-nine at the moment. It's just a little bit easier. We'll be back with that next week, though. So we've got two people into the final, and one of them has been very quick to send a text. He's been listening to the app up there in the Gold Coast. That's the Gold Coast Crow, formerly from Port Vincent. He said, Kimbo. I'm extremely cut about you making excuses about me thumping you two days ago. No excuses, champ. That's from the Gold Coast crowd. And that's a fair criticism. You crossed the line. You're 100% fair. And I remember Glenn Elliott, who's my coach at West Torrens. And I remember once afterwards, after the game, I was sitting there and I didn't know he's standing behind me. I'm going, oh, I shouldn't have bloody played. I've had needles everywhere and I played like a dog. And he's going, hey. Don't complain now. You put your hand up. That's (laughs) right. Which is true. Exactly. The Gold Coast Crow, I salute you. Well done. What you about were, John Longmire? Do you salute him? Uh, Johnny Longmire was on Sports Day in Victoria talking about Magic Round and yeah. how that potentially means one less practice game at the yes. start of the year and what that impact will be like. I haven't heard it. I haven't, heard it, I haven't been part of any of those discussions, mm. Terrence. So I don't know what's going on uh, with the Magic Round. I, I have got one point, though, is I, I think we we do definitely need need more than one practice game to get the boys up and ready to go. I think okay. one practice game is just, is a bit skinny, and um, things go wrong in a player's preparation, uh, which they always do. It leaves it a bit skinny. Uh, I would love to have if it went ahead. I'd love to have love to have been in Sydney, you know, and and try and push into the market up here, but um, it doesn't look that way. Will you have a, an extra practice game if, in fact, uh, one isn't uh, orchestrated for you by the AFL? Oh, we'll try and do what we can to have an extra or try and do whatever we can. Once again, we don't know what the what the situation is at the moment. We're yep. still uh, in the dark a little bit. So, um, you know, I'm, I've always been a believer in having a couple and um, I think we'll need a couple because uh, you go straight into a 120-minute game against opposition for the first time. Mm. It's it's always, it takes a bit out of you and you need to get conditioned so you don't get injuries and, um, you know, we'd like a couple. I hope Gillan McLaughlin heard that. Mm. So he's famous. Oh. The last practice game is treated like a true round one game. They're all taking it seriously, so we're going to make it serious and put premiership points on the line. What did he think was going to happen? The clubs were always going to then ask for another preseason game. It's, it's interesting, isn't it? If they all come off one preseason game, well, they're all the same, aren't but they? Kim, There's no advantage or disadvantage. Haven't we reached a pretty good model where the first one's used for the possibles 
Mm. And, you know, you get the younger guys playing the first practice game. The second one's full ball practice for round one with your most likely lineups. Ten years ago, everyone thought it was best when there were four games. Exactly. So, But one's not going to be enough. Um, Roach, a text has come through. Now, I think this is in regards to the Norwood coach. Jade Rawlings. Jade Rawlings, right. Now, I'm just reading this at the same time. It was known. A text has come through from Derek from Woodville. We appreciate this, Derek. Uh, what have we got, a minute to go? Uh, it was known as the Lachlan Vale deal. He wanted to go to the Roos to play with his brother. So yep. the Hawks traded Vale to the Dogs for pick six. That's right. He was picked up the year before Pre-season at pick draft. 65 and was pretty much a dud. I'm just reading this. Yeah. Uh, with the promise That's the Hawks right. would delist right. Rawlings yep. so the Dogs could pick him with pick one in the preseason Correct. draft. That That's does it. come That's back it. to me now. Exactly. Uh, then Derek says, sorry, my early text got it the wrong way around. That's it. Yeah, it That's does come back. Yep. All right. Hey, good show, Reach. We've enjoyed it. Apologies again regarding 1629. Uh, we're crystal clear on the app. I know that's getting annoying. Hopefully we'll be all on top of it tomorrow. We'll be back again to do it all. I think we're going to be down at the uh, Adelaide Oval. There's we a big cricket game being played tomorrow. And there's a big one tonight. New Zealand take on Pakistan at the SCG at 6.30. I'm tipping the Kiwis. Oh, brave. Very yeah. brave after Both underdogs. Pakistan. And England to beat India tomorrow at the Adelaide Oval. Big Rich. call, Kim. Big right. call. Well, it's a big call Wednesday. All right. Bye bye. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply.